You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting down with Rachel McLeod. She is a mental health therapist and emotional wellness coach. Through years of successfully helping clients move their anxiety, depression, and trauma disorders into remission, she has developed a program that empowers people to skillfully get rid of symptoms and heal. She is also the facilitator of the Facebook group, Releasing the Baggage of Anxiety, Depression, and Traumatic Stress, where she delivers free training on leading interventions that work well for getting rid of symptoms, not just coping or managing them. Her mission is to empower people to do their own healing work effectively, safely, and skillfully. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because I think that we are living in a time when you know, we were talking a little bit before recording mental health can never, it's not going to get old talking about mental health. We need all the tools on board. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of people struggling right now. Absolutely. And um, I don't think it's going to get bored because it's, it's really the foundation of our wellness is our emotional, Mm. our ability to work with integrate and process our emotions. And Gosh, there's so many things in our culture that that prevent us from doing that. And we've gotten quite a bit off um, path in in how brains process emotions, how our nervous system is wired to work with emotions and convert all of our emotions, even the horrible negative ones and all of our experiences, even the horrible negative ones into our wellness and our next levels of expansion. And so I'm really excited to talk with you today because I think that as people hear and understand their brain function, they can really see how simple it is to resolve symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress and grow and be well and connect and learn and mature and become who really they want to be. And they know their potential. Yes. Because ideally we want to be well, people want to be well, and they want to have mental clarity and function and not be plagued by these symptoms. That's right. And our brains are designed to do this well. And, uh, but they're also designed to malfunction under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And um, really when we know where that, where we can really help the brain complete its process and create wellness, then really this stuff happens. Really. We have access to everything we want. We have access to really so much wellness and, and healing. And so I think that this is Anyway, a fantastic topic. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So, you know, in your bio and on, on your website, you know, you mention how many people can still have symptoms, whether anxiety, depression, um, like PTSD type of symptoms yeah. years after undergoing therapy and coaching and self-help and reading all the books and doing all of the things. Why is it that sometimes we just, we can't just break through from our issues. Yeah. Well, let's look at this from the brain's perspective. Um, You know, we go through our brain has a a way of processing the information that we have and then responding to it um, to the best of its ability. And brains are really great at this if it can get the information it needs. And so we have these experiences and our body starts sending us all these information about the experience. Our subconscious mind starts sending us all this information. And, um, and our survival system starts reacting to the information based on whether that is pain or whether that's not pain, 
and all the stuff that's not pain at, that our body and mind starts sending up to the front of the brain to make sense of and problem solve, it gets to go through that process very easily, naturally and electrically. And so it happens very quickly, it's smooth, it's happening well. The stuff that comes and registers, the information that comes and registers in the brain as pain, the survival system's natural function and mechanism is to jump in there and get us away from pain, even though it's our own, our own system's communication. And, it, and our, our body and our mind need to tell us, the front of our brain what is so painful about this. But then the survival system won't let any of that information through. And so it just gets keep looping because the body and the mind are like, no, we got to tell them this. And the survival <laughs> system's like, no, you're not. And so this will happen for until it's resolved a lifetime. And then the survival system will say, you know what, I'm sick of this. I'm going to figure out ways to not to make it so you guys can't keep sending this information. And then we start avoiding things. And then we start learning how to respond in fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn to that stuff. And then it gets more complex and then it gets more creative. And we're like, no, we will send this information up. And then it's starting to come in our dreams and it's starting to come in our conversations and it's playing out in our relationships. And it's just becoming more and more of a complex thing when really we just, if we could just get that information through, then all of a sudden where the symptoms that we're having stop our need to avoid things stop um, our reactions our survival the fight flight freeze faint and fawn stop and they stop immediately because the system the body isn't sending all this the the racing heart the stomach dropping um the tightness in our our shoulders or the the nightmares and it's not doing this to hurt us it's doing this because that's how it completes its process. And so we if we jump in and just help it complete by working with the survival system, we can get these things to stop. And then the front of the brain has all the information it needs to really make beautiful solutions and stop the 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 wrong reactions the survival system is making to all the things in our life. So we can stop having the panic attacks, we can stop having the racing thoughts, we can stop avoiding, we can stop having the flashbacks, the nightmares. Um, we can we can really and once that's processed it's like we just return to a natural state of calm and then we return to a new understanding of what's going on i don't really i don't give people advice and counseling i find that if i can just help their brain complete the process they can solve their own problems right and that's really um we should be able to solve our own problems you know mm -hmm. and so this is a lot different than what I help people do is a lot different than talk therapy because talk therapy is a strategy that works with the conscious mind, um, our thoughts, our understanding, our meanings, um, and that can be really helpful. But when we're talking about symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress, we're really talking about the survival system um, controlling whether or not the process completes or if the process just goes on repeat. And so when we, I really teach and use interventions that like emotional freedom techniques, thought filled therapy, energy medicine, and EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, because these, um, these work with the, that survival system in its native language. The survival system cares about the body. It's listening to the body. It's responding to the body. Are we safe? Are we not safe? And so we can use these interventions to speak directly to that part of the brain, the survival system, and say, hey, we're safe. Let's let this information move through and the survival system responds immediately. And so we can really shift ourselves out of a survival state and into a processing and healing state 
in seconds. Mm -hmm. And we can really resolve some of these complex issues in minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, depending on how complex the issue is. And, um, and we, and, and through that, we just start unraveling whole disorders, you know, yeah. one symptom after another. And, and then, and because and it's just like the brain just starts reorganizing for wellness, you know? And so I could, I, and I will go on and on and yeah. on, but <laughs> let me let you in and ask. Yeah, no, I love where you are going. This is right up everything that I, that I love about how the brain works and how we are made to survive. And I think that even those negative system symptoms, what I'm hearing you say is that the negative symptoms are really just symptoms of our survival at work, right? Yeah. They're just manifesting in a way that might not be so pleasant to us. Right. Yes. And they're actually, the symptoms tell us exactly where the brain needs help, where exactly mm. where the survival system's like, uh-uh, no, not going to do this. We're not letting this through. We're going to run from this. We're going to faint. I'm putting you to sleep. We're going to fawn. We're going to do all these things. And when we see those behaviors or those responses, we know that the brain, that the whole system is trying to process something and we can jump in there, help it complete the process. And then all of a sudden we're, we're moving on that symptom resolves. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this is so good. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I really think that for many of us who have been labeled or diagnosed with something, just getting that label or diagnosis, it doesn't really say much other than these are the symptoms that you have, you know? And so I, I think That's recognizing right. that those symptoms are telling a story might Absolutely. be more empowering. Yes. Um, gosh, when I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, it was like light bulbs went off for me. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not just supposed to be like this. You know, mm -hmm. it was so helpful for that. But it really wasn't until I got my first intervention that I and I started using it and started working and started watching my symptoms stop that that was the big change for me, that it was it was not just knowing what is happening which is more of a prefrontal cortex thinking center type of realization, which is all fabulous. But if my nerves, my survival system, it still no, you know, is still thinks that there's danger happening because my, the, my body and my subconscious mind and all parts of me are still sending, you know, um, what's that SOS signals <laughs> through, you know, it's like, it's not going to matter what I think or what I know, I'm still going into a survival state. And then I'm going to have the racing thoughts and I'm going to have the panic attacks. And no, I really, at that time in my life, when I had my last mental health crisis, I had three children under three. I just, mm. I was like, I, I am not living like this. I'm not, mm. I have things to do. I have children to love. I have adventures to go on. I am not dragging around panic attacks and <laughs> freaking collecting jars. Mm -hmm. which was what my one of the things I was recently obsessed with. And if I look back in my life, there were many other obsessions. No. And so I really wanted a way to make these things stop. And I just happened upon alternative interventions that gave me the power to do that. And I really thought it was the interventions that were so magical. It turns out that I've, I'm trained in so many interventions. I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop yeah. um, uh, because you never know whose brain wants what support. And so, but it turns out that it's really the brain that is designed to heal. And these interventions just really help the brain exactly where the brain meets that barrier of, of healing. And instead of it going out to a survival state, it can really help it stay in line towards healing and wellness because it's getting this specific support. 
And, um, and that's really, that was really empowering for me. And that's really what the message I want to send is our brains are designed to heal this. Um, the uh, symptoms of anxiety, depression, traumatic stress are actually opportunities for healing and wellness and to really let go of a bunch of stuff. So they're not really our brain trying to kick our behinds, even though that is really in fact happening. Um, so, but I think when we change our relationship with our brain and we really get equipped with some powerful interventions, we can really see the power of our brain. And a lot of times I will, I will, I'm starting to use, I start using interventions right away with people just because when they see their own brain function change, it's really, it just lights them up. And it's like, really? I mean, I have people say, is this magic? No, this is healthy brain function. This is what brains do, you know, because it's like they'll go here, you know, with incredible distress and after 30 seconds of using an intervention, it's reduced in half or resolved or whatever. And they're like, this is weird. This, this doesn't happen. Well, yeah, because we needed to put in the right support at the right time. Yeah. And then and really, that's what I teach people to do for themselves. And um, anyway, so. Yeah. that's that's really what I'm excited about with all absolutely of this. and I, and I do think that I mean the world is changing in a lot of ways but I think traditional talk therapy we are starting to see the drawbacks to like right. you said that just addresses what you can consciously verbalize explain right. and explore or maybe not or maybe it's just sitting in a room with somebody who's listening to you that's pretty powerful in itself yeah but we need to be able to address the subconscious. And so you're saying that these interventions are more directed toward the subconscious approach? Well, these, these interventions are more, they're more to really help the brain do the healing work it needs to do. Now, I think that in our inner world, where I'm really focused on working with four parts of us, the body, the body holds all this information of, of the of stuck emotion, unresolved emotion, unresolved inner conflict, unresolved traumas. And it holds this information in here. A lot of the sensations we're feeling when we're um, like our heart racing or our stomach dropping are actually memories and, or, or feelings and emotions that haven't made it through the, the process yet. And so, and then the subconscious mind also, so these, these specific individual parts of us have to complete their healing work. You know, just like the thinking center, like it needs to complete its healing work. It needs to be able to finalize its understanding of things. Well, it can't really do that without hearing the report from the body. It needs all the information. The body is, you know, it's like, I have problems. Let me tell you about them because the the front of the brain, that thinking center is where problem solving takes place. Yep. And so, and the subconscious mind is not a problem solving place either. And it needs its problem solved too. And so it takes its information and starts throwing it up there as well. But it feels really bad sometimes when it's the negative stuff, when it's the feeling of I'm not enough. Well, your subconscious knows that it's the, we cannot reach our goals if this stays back here. Mm -hmm. So let me push it up to the front. And then you have these situations that occur that make you that that feel like you're not enough and your subconscious mind is like, oh, here's our chance. And it starts pulling up all this. We're not enough stuff and starts shoving it to the front into <laughs> your awareness. True. And then you're here and then pouring with this shame and not enoughness. But really, we just need that to make it through the healing pathways. And when it, at on its way through, the brain desensitizes it. So it takes out that emotional pain and then it starts understanding it. And then it starts releasing what's no longer needed. And then it starts hooking up everything um, that's, that is important 
in a very healthy, balanced, holistic way. And so we we don't want to stop. We don't want to run from these. I'm not enough. Um, nobody wants me. I'm unlovable. We don't want to run from that. We want to process that. That's 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 really what's so powerful here is and so different is that we don't have to see it coming up in our life as like, oh gosh, this means I'm I'm not enough. No, it means your subconscious mind is pushing this thing to the front and it wants it out. So let's make sure it gets processed. And then we help the brain do that and walk it through the process so that it doesn't get kicked out and sent back around. So you have to do it again the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and those are the thought loops that people get stuck in. That's you right. know, that is what prevents healing. That's I think exactly. about like, I'm not enough. What are some like the shame factor? What are some yeah. other things that people that re um, that keep coming up for people that they get stuck in? Oh goodness. Flashbacks. Um, flashbacks, um, inner criticism, that's not supposed to be there. The brain resolves that. Um, <laughs> that's a funny one to watch to see people like, what is this nice voice in my head? <laughs> or where is that mean person? <laughs> um, there, um, the, the, no one wants me, the, um, the intimacy issues, right? Mm-hmm. The, the fear of reaching out and connecting the fear of being intimate, the fear of, um, you know, gosh, the social anxiety, um, replaying conversations. That's an important process. If it's, if you keep replaying, playing the last conversation you had or a conversation from 20 years ago, it's because your brain is like, I need that processed in order for me to create the next way of being. I don't understand it. And I keep trying to pull it up and pull it through the healing pathways and it keeps getting knocked out. So let me try to bring it up again. That's really what flashbacks are made of. Um, but I'm unworthy. I'm, um, all, those are, those. There, it's interesting because it's, you can say those words all you want to, but there's really, if you, there's a really big emotional undercurrent that comes with those words. That's the stuff that's really important to process. Yeah. You know, but really we're told, don't be negative. Don't think about it. Just keep being positive. Go be positive, be positive. And, but really we're, we're just moving away from doing the emotional healing work. Our brain is wisely guiding us to do, but we don't recognize it as being helpful because usually it does lead to suffering if the process doesn't complete. Yeah. And so then we avoid it and we do that. But once we have the right tools on board, what I'll see is that people are like, oh, that actually helped me feel better. And then we'll do it again. We'll find another thing that needs to process. And they're like, wow, that, that really, that I now think this, and now I think that, and I don't think that anymore. And then after a while of this, they're like, I wonder if that would help me get rid of this thing over here. And then they start, and then it does. And then they start really going on the offensive. And then they're like, what else can we resolve? Where are you? Come out, come out symptoms. And it's a totally different stance and, and relationship with their, their, their symptoms and their inner world than they've ever had before. And it's very, very empowering. Yeah. I mean, because so many people have tried everything and they do feel stuck. And I think that we are, there's this belief that if we just suppress, if we just avoid, you know, if we just kind of let things just, just let it go, ignore it, it'll go away, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, and I, I don't blame anybody for that belief because the truth is, is that we would need to run that, um, 
that the pain we would need to run this but let's say there's a belief of i'm not enough right that's kind of what we're talking about here um and if that if our if our body has a memory that where we learned this i'm not enough thing or several memories and it says hey um we need to pro we need to process this and it starts moving through and it gets it gets too much pain activated and the psoriasis system jumps in next thing you know you got a you got a a symptom of panic, um, you learn it's not really that safe or effective for me to bring this up. I'm just going to suffer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of how, so I'm not mad at that, but that is when, when your ability to process these big emotions is compromised or broken, it's not broken. It's a crazy word, but <laughs> it's a, it's a difficult word, but it's like, if it's impaired or out of order, there's no reason to try to bring something up, you're just going to hurt yourself. Hmm. But this system, this process starts revving up and working wonderfully when you pair it with the right intervention and the right support. And then all of a sudden, it's the, like it's like the factory turns on. And the next thing you know, you can load up one of these big emotions. And you know, I like to chop those up into itty bitty pieces and you know, put them on the conveyor belt on the factory and get them processed little by little. And then all, next thing you know, the factory gets stronger. And it's like, I think I can process a little bit more. Why don't you put bigger scoops on there? And so, and then you do. And then we're learning that, oh, it works. This whole, my brain is working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and then we start to build confidence in our brain's ability to help us. And then we're not so afraid to go do some of the harder, darker, more painful stuff you know that that we that we're afraid of that, that we were afraid of and we can even process and work through the fear of some of these really fearful memories and what's really wonderful is that this this process is shut down by pain so we really want to do uh, less pain or no pain equals much gain works so if when we when we do this we can we don't we want it to be painless we want it to be we don't want people running into memory that are loaded with pain, but we do want mm -hmm. to find strategies to get all of that pain processed in a way that's manageable for every person. And that means sometimes we never talk about the, the memory before it's fully processed, or maybe, you know, we stand outside the memory, or maybe we just focus on the lamp in the memory, right? I mean, we just need to get the brain close enough to the pain source for it to do the clearing and the healing work it needs to do. And then it from once we get that emotional pain, if you think about that emotional pain as an electrical charge, that your the, the healing parts of your brain can't get through without getting electrocuted, mm -hmm. um, you know, if we can take that charge of emotional pain away then your healing team just gets in there and it's like oh let's you know and they just start processing it you know so it's really brains just have problems with this the emotional pain involved mm -hmm. and so if we can work on that we really open up the healing potential yeah so so you're saying it's possible to process the pain and and even heal from the pain pain without um i guess for lack of a better word re-traumatizing yes. by bringing it up in detail it's 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 imperative you we have to um and that's one of the really big setbacks of of talk therapy yeah, that really needs to end is is where many many people cannot talk about their traumas without re-traumatizing themselves and if you're re-traumatizing yourself that means you have overloaded your your brain's ability to process the emotional distress that's activated 
And so if you're reliving something that the pain hasn't made it through in the first place, it's still full of all that pain. And so if you're talking that through, this is awful. And really, this is why many people will just stop going to therapy. I just, and they, they know it is dangerous for them to do so. Um, I have personally opened up stuff too early with people when I was beginning and they, I, I had two clients, one that spent months dissociated from one time we opened up too much stuff. Mm -hmm. And the other one had to go to inpatient, uh, to inpatient hospitalization for stabilization. Mm -hmm. It was just too much. And, and, and many therapists have had that response with some of these mm -hmm. things. It's part of our learning and our growing. And so it's like now you couldn't pay me to open up stuff <laughs> too fast <laughs> for people because I know what happens. It's not the right thing. But if we go slow, it feels slow and annoying. That's a great pace for people with incredible trauma. If they're like, can we get this party started already? Like, that's good. You do not want people like, I don't know. I don't know. That's the survival system. Say this is too fast. This is not okay. And, um, and in our sessions, in our talk therapy sessions, we don't have, we're not offering the brain the kind of support it needs to be able to start processing some of the pain that we are talking about. And so, and, and I really think talk therapy is lovely, wonderful, fabulous for support, for learning new skills, um, for specialized, um, um, specialized work like marriage counseling, working with your kids. Gosh, I, I, in my therapy practice, I'm like, I send people there for those specific things. But when it comes to processing their trauma, that we really want to provide a very specific support. Yeah. So what so, are, what does this look like? I know you already kind of mentioned briefly like EMDR and um, yeah. EFT and, but I, can you briefly go over maybe yeah, what they are and how they're beneficial. Yeah. Um, so, well, let me just say before I get started is that we're already working with our our survival system very naturally and intuitively. Um, we know that if we get upset, we need to calm our nervous system down and we need to do, we need to engage our body to do so. And that means we will go take a walk, we'll take a run, we'll take a swim, we'll go eat food, we will, we will um, have sex, we will um, go get a hug, we will we will do any number of things, all of which involve our body. And because mm -hmm. it sends that message to the brain, we're safe now, you can calm down. And so really, but a lot of that stuff has some negative consequences. And, um, and so we, these other interventions provide that mind-body connection support that really help the whole brain and the whole part of us work best and it amplifies our brain's healing process. Um, and so thought-filled therapy and EFT and emotional freedom techniques are both considered tapping interventions and they're using, they're like emotional acupressure. So you're using the, the meridian system, the body's meridian system to um, send healing messages to the survival system. The survival system's reading it. Now there's probably a lot more of awesome things that go on there that I don't think we've tapped into for Chinese medicine and energy flow and our electrical system. But why I want to use it is because the survival system responds so quickly to this. Um, and so I, this was the, EFT was the first intervention I used. And this woman told me, try this, it will change your life. And I had horrible insomnia. Um, that I had not had for a long time, 
but I, it, I could not sleep and I was just racing thoughts and I need to go to sleep if I don't get to sleep right now. Mm-hmm. So one of these, somebody's going to wake up and I'm not going to get any sleep and it loop, loop, <laughs> loop times till I, I don't even know. And so I thought that night, maybe I should try that thing I learned on this. And so I sat there, I'm tapping. Uh, I get through my first round. It took me about 30, 35 seconds because I was looking at the chart and trying to find <laughs> the points and um, I yawn and I was like, okay, and I could still kind of feel the racing thoughts. So I was like, I tap and I'm, I go through it again. I fall asleep. I wake up. I did not choose to fall asleep. I just wake up and I'm like, what else can I try this on? That worked. And so I just kept going. And so um, that, that, that emotional acupressure just, our, our brain, it just helps our brain do its work. And, um, and so, and it's so easy to use and learn it. It doesn't have some of the negative side effects that EMDR does. And so this is what some of the first stuff that I start handing people. And it's about 80% effective for a hundred percent of people. I love and that. so it's like, if it doesn't work, it, it works for everybody. And if it doesn't work on this thing, try it on this thing. You know, um, thought filled therapy has a, another intervention in it. That is my favorite trauma processing intervention. Mm. And, um, it's also emotional acupressure, but it's also combined with a breathing pattern, a breathing, uh-huh. um, intervention. And so that one is like this big sludge hammer that you just kibosh symptoms with and just see what happens. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenal for the brain. I, it takes a lot longer than tapping. And so uh, a lot of my clients will stay with tapping and then use the other one as needed. Um, and then EMDR is an eye movement based intervention. It's what we're doing when we're in REM sleep, our eyes are moving back and forth. We think that's where we're doing our emotional processing and our re energizing emotionally and mentally. And so we can do that while we're awake and we get to have more control over the process to make sure the brain can complete that process. But it is very similar to dreaming. And it's it's almost like like EFT and thoughtful therapy and energy medicine are like you get into the car, the driver's seat, and you go where you want to go and you can put the brake on and you can um, you can slow down. You can you have a lot of control of what's happening. EMDR is a little bit more like you. Uh, put your brain in the driver's seat and you get in the passenger seat and you just buckle up for the ride. And that is really awful for people that are not ready for that, where the brain wants to go because the brain's like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to resolve this stuff the whole, you know, and you may not be ready to resolve things yet. And we might need a different pace and a different approach, but we can get the same result. Um, EMDR, if it is the right fit for people, it's fantastic. Um, And so that's another intervention. And then, um, energy medicine is a way of working with the chakra system, Mm -hmm. the meridians, the aura, the, um, gosh, just all different aspects of us that, um, I did not come into this to become all woo woo. I came into this. (laughs) I did not. Um, I, I came into this to find, um, to find ways to help people heal. But, um, besides there's all this phenomenal energy system that we have that we don't even understand yet. Um, the subconscious mind is just watching this whole thing as well. So that's really what got me in this. I was like, if, even if I'm just playing with the subconscious mind, you know, and hey, subconscious, let's clear this problem from this chakra, you know, it loves that kind of stuff. So I but it really it's it has just it's I I was already getting great results in helping people overcome their disorders with with um, emotional freedom techniques, thought filled therapy and EMDR. Um, but adding in energy medicine just has made the process more um, 
deep, more grounded, um, better. And so I love adding that in. And um, I feel like the EMDR, thoughtful therapy and emotional freedom techniques is very, um, you, 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 it's very targeted and specific. You know exactly what result you're gonna get. You, it's reliable, it's consistent. And you just get in there and you clean things up. You help the brain clean. Um, and so that's really wonderful for the healing components of, and the, the resolution parts of healing and a, a, a disorder. Um, and then in, in addition to that, you also need to rebuild all this function that you find is is didn't get built or that was that was um damaged due to trauma and you need to rebuild this and the brain will naturally do that as things heal and resolve but it seems like doing this this em this energy medicine at the same time helps all of that stuff work together more synergistically Mm -hmm. it's like supposed to it's got to work together yeah the brain is not alone the brain is not separate from the body no, it is very not. And as a matter of fact, to find out that you need to use the body to heal your mind is just powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you say, you know, you didn't think you're going to be doing these woo woo things because I think a lot of people, <laughs> they listen to this. I'm telling you, I could have listened to this five years ago and gone, Oh, I don't know. Right? That sounds a little strange, but I, I mean, two books that completely changed my outlook on just trauma and the body is, um, body keeps the score. Of course, totally. I mentioned that one. And then the biology of belief and Ooh. how energy and how any kind of vibrational frequency that we experience sends a message to ourselves. And we know this yes. through MRIs. We know this through the yes. way we even detect cancer. So this is being used in the medical community. This is not woo woo unproven stuff. It's not. So I hope I want people to hear that. Um, because I know there's always going to be a little hesitancy, like she said, energy medicine. I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah. And right. We all, we all are having an energy field and there's, we're seeing that, um, our heart field is gosh, we're, we're, um, we're tracking it. We're, we're learning so much about it. And we're seeing that we're interacting with each other through this field, like all different parts of us have different technology, you know, and different Mm -hmm. ways of sending and receiving information. And really a lot of my work is about aligning with those parts and helping them accomplish their work. You know, the heart, we want that to send coherent messages to the brain because that's where your intuitive knowing and your ability to 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 just um, be quick with registering your information comes from. Well, the heart can't send coherent messages if the emotions are all haywire. So by working with the emotions, we're helping the heart send more coherent information. So instead of crying like a baby because there's distress, it's more like the words of, it becomes the words of a toddler. And then it becomes the words of the, uh, of a 12 year old. And then it becomes the words of gosh if we're 43 right now then the words of a 43 year old because it got that emotional uh, dissonance or that the emotional chaos aligned and processed and it actually will create deeper more mature expanded meaning as it sends information to the brain it just it makes all of us work better mm-hmm. and i think we can look at this from so many different the emotional component the mental component the physical component the electrical component the energetic this all of it is valid and i think we're coming together to bring all these things together in a way that is really really powerful and fast acting yeah yeah oh i love it this has been so good i i mean we're almost at time and i'm like how is this happening it's so good um i will say i want to mention about tapping because 
that is something I found to be really helpful with my kids. Oh, yes. And it's kids pick up on that so well. I mean, have you found that to be true? Yes. Also? They're not as they're they it, it's so helpful for them because their brain needs the support. Brains mm -hmm. are designed to need the support. Mm -hmm. And um they're not as complex. They haven't had time to take something and get a whole, you know, complex around something. Right, and true. if they have, you do, a little tapping resolves that stuff so quickly. Mm. And we can really keep their inner world, gosh, um, thriving and moving forward and not have these hangups show up. Or if they do start showing up, we can really help them through that. Yeah. And they're, and they just, gosh, I mean, I, when I'm working with teenagers, I'm like, I would, I mean, sometimes I'm just jealous right? Yeah. <laughs> because they're just not as complex mm -hmm. as, as what adults are. And, and then, you know, then, you know, um, six months into their work, we're talking about stuff I didn't discover till I was 35. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how is this? six months, you know? So, um, it's, it, and I've had clients come to me, they come to me for their kids. Sometimes they're like, I'm here, I'm turning myself in. Um, a lot of times with kids that have, um, complex issues, it's because they're actually the parents issue mm -hmm. and they're, they're getting the subconscious programming of the parent. We're mapping and learning and mirroring, um, this mm -hmm. stuff all the time. And so parents will turn themselves in, <laughs> To me for help for their kids yeah. and we'll take care of the kid first because the kid's easy and then we're and then we're going and they'll the parents learning how to tap with the kids mm -hmm. um in the way that's really good for the kids and and the parent I, I love parents doing this work with their kids because nobody the kid wants their parent more than anybody else number one and number two if 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 you are attuned to your child, this is powerful yeah. nervous system work. And, and if you're tapping with them, it starts to turn on your attunement to them. So it really can solve these attunement problems that we're having with our kids where we're like, I just can't, I don't know, I'm disconnected. But it's like all of a sudden, uh, there's so many layers of support pouring on this child because we're, we're working with their nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then we watch them like I have a client whose um, child is um, couldn't sleep. They had insomnia. Next thing you know, they're sleeping all through the night in their own bedroom and they're laughing and then they're talking about how great this tapping thing was. And they're trying to convince their other sibling to do tapping. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's it's it's just it's part of this the wellness we can create the wheels of and the integrated wellness we can create in our families because a child's nervous system is no different than a parent's right. and and whatnot even at birth you know they come out they're crying we we grab them we take care of their needs and we comfort them and we're rocking them and patting them that's actually nervous system work mm -hmm. right and we're helping them get to a place where they can adjust and integrate this whole oxygen thing right and then and on it goes. And so tapping, I think is just an extension of that. Yeah. Now, when you do tapping with people, do you have them, you know, say a mantra to themselves, that kind of thing while they're tapping, or is it just, just to clarify for people who, okay, you just have them just I do don't. tapping. Um, emotional freedom techniques is set up to have statements. Mm -hmm. um, I find I, that number one, those, the wording will set people back. Oh, yeah. um, because, but what I really want them to do is focus on the symptoms, the sensations. I want them to, I want, I really teach people to tune into their body. I teach people to tune into their survival system, their subconscious mind and their conscious mind. And I teach this in layers of strategies. Mm 
so that they can start jumping between systems because sometimes it will feel like you're at a boardroom and everyone's talking at the same time. And you need to be able to say, okay, hold up everybody. Let's just let the body talk for a moment or, Hey, hold up subconscious mind. What do you have for us? You know, and to be able to work with all the systems to cohesively. And so, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed that. So my mind left. (laughs) (laughs) Getting some systems to work cohesively, not necessarily needing to repeat a statement or anything. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I find that the statements will distract people from their parts, the parts of them that we're working with. And, um, and the brain doesn't need words to heal. Hmm. It just doesn't, the prefrontal cortex does, right? It's like that. (laughs) But even then it's like, if the prefrontal cortex doesn't have words, there's usually other issues going on that working Mm -hmm. with the body, working with the subconscious mind or the survival system will resolve because it's like, they kind of buddy up and it's like, oh, I'll give you the words. Just let me get this information through and you will have the words. And, and so, you know, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And so you do this virtually, your work is, you yeah. do this virtually in, in all States. Right. But then you specifically do therapy in Oregon. Yes, that's exactly okay. right. Okay. Yeah. And wh- what's your website for people to contact you? It's rachelmcleod.com. And I know you'll have a link to this, but I'm going to just say that my name is spelled differently. And so <laughs> I'm going to just spell that out for you. And that's R A C H E L L E M C C L O U D.com. Great. And then the last question that I love to ask people you know, the name of the show is Sparking Wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Hmm. I would say, gosh, learn an intervention and watch your brain put you together. And I mean, we're already together, but really creating that wellness, that wholeness and um, yeah, use the brain's ability. The brain is supposed to be doing this stuff. The brain is supposed to make our life look like it fits us tailor fit Mm -hmm. and that we're thriving. And the front of the brain knows how to do that if we can stay out of survival states Mm -hmm. and we can get that stuff that's triggering survival states into the the front of the brain that knows how to thrive. It's like we're giving all the reports to the right part of the brain and they're like, oh yeah, oh, I get it now, I see. Okay, let me make a new program for that. Let me make a new idea for this. Let me make a new solution for that. Uh, Empower your brain to do the work that it's designed to do and is totally capable of doing for you. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you. This has been such a great conversation and I think it's gonna be helpful for a lot of people. This is really important stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.